Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is June the 16th, 2014. I hope all the fathers out there had a wonderful day. And today, too bad it can't be every Well, too bad it can't be every day. I mean, we have to celebrate one day out of the month for fathers and one day out of the month for mothers. But I'm glad you're taking out your time to tune into another episode of the Bryce Power Technician. So welcome to all. Um, today, I will have a wonderful guest on. So watch to the story when you want to feel like calling in, do so at 347-426-3751. I hope everyone has been keeping up with the World Cup for this year. It's been a exciting game so far. Um, I think for tomorrow we'll be doing um, tomorrow, Brand and Nigeria, and that will be at 3 o'clock p.m. So it's been a great game. If you're not into soccer, it will make you just actually get into it. So I'm really trying to follow the game and understand it. But today I have on the line with me, as I said, a special guest. Of course, all guests are special when it comes to any spirituality, just being motivational. But this story just started out so wonderful to me because it started out with a gentleman named Dick and his wife, Joni Bolton. Um, They were on a missions trip when Daryl needed medical immediately, when he was taken to a doctor, a man that you need to be able to trust with your life. Things only got worse. Daryl, his wife, was soon discovered a doctor's secret mode to put him in a moor. It was all because of a military career that had long been over. Looking for the next big nonfiction read or your intent to leave the fiction zone or looking to see what's out there, this is perfect. The name of their book is With Unwashed Hands. And Joni Bolton will be share her story with you today. Joni, how are you? How are you doing today? I am fine, Technicia. Thank you so much for having us on your show. Oh, I'm glad. I mean, this is a story. It's heartfelt. It's it's tragic. It's it's God feeling. Everything is in this story that will make you want to sit down and read it. It's so full of meaning and emotions. And, I mean, I know people might think I'm crazy, but once you really hear the story that Joni's about to give, then you'll actually see where we are coming from. Joni, before we get into the book, let's get a little background about you. Okay. My husband and I have a ministry called MVP Missions. And my husband's to 20 different countries, usually focusing on the 1040 window in, you know, often third world countries. And everything so far had been wonderful. He's had a couple actually maybe scary encounters, but the Lord has always taken care of him. He was detained in Bangladesh and kicked out of a hotel in Pakistan when the bombings were intensifying. They didn't want to house Americans, but protected. And so, but this particular trip, uh, there's so many miracles in our story. We were just so surprised how the Lord had prompted my heart to go on this trip because I had had a spinal fusion. And because of this, I had metal rods in my back and a ruptured disc. And 
I should not be sitting longer than 30 minutes per my surgeon's instructions. So my husband, you know, said, you really can't go to Asia and the Far East. It's just too long. And I agreed with him. But this particular trip in 2011, I told my husband, you know, honey, I think I'm supposed to be there. And he said, okay, which which we had no idea that God just had his hand in, in that to begin with. And it was because of that that I believe my husband's life was spared before his third surgery, another life-saving surgery. And you are so right, Joni. God does. He sent us wherever he wants us to go. And the thing I always explain on my show, just like a child, they don't always know where they're going, but they get into that car with you because they trust you. And that's the same way we have to do. We just have to get in the car and just trust that the law, of course, trust that the law will just send us to where we need to be. And that's, that's exactly what he did for you. But when you yes. think about it, we think about these missions, they are risky. So what what's the main I mean, we know that God does send us on these missions, but what was your true purpose for actually going on this mission, Joni? On this particular mission trip, we were going to a partially communist country to work with an American missionary couple. And in this country, you can't just go over as a missionary. Like, we're very welcome in the Philippines. You know, the U.S. military liberated um, the Philippines from the Japanese years ago, and so when they find out my husband's a, a retired U.S. Air Force major, they're like, "Let him speak," and he'll he could speak in government agencies, public schools, all, all kinds of places because of that. And but in this particular place, this missionary couple had to start a business in order to live in that country, and so. We were going there to encourage them, help them, work with anything that they wanted to involve us in, whether it's going to an orphanage or a public school or a Christian school. It didn't matter. We were there to help. And we started off the first day. was wonderful. We had prayer meeting. We handed out gospel tracts. I was able to with somebody, um, with multiple people, actually, and um, I am very, very sorry. Somebody is trying to call. And oh, this, okay, Joan. I, I, just ignore the beep. Just ignore it, and I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> I apologize. But, um, no, that's all right. So, um, but then later in the day, my husband had extremely sharp pain in his abdomen. And as the day progressed, the, he was twisting sheets in pure agony and we had no choice but to rush him to the hospital uh what we didn't realize is not everybody in that kind of well this particular doctor his attending physician had anti-american sentiments not just being american but even more so the christian aspect and the most being a retired military officer. My husband was wearing an Air Force T-shirt that he was relaxing in the missionary's home with. And when he saw it, he asked what he did for a living. And at that point, we're trusting a doctor is a doctor, no matter where you are. Your job and training is to save lives. So Daryl didn't lie. He said, I'm a, I'm a retired Air Force man, and, and, you know, this is what's wrong with me. And the doctor, it, it just went bad from there 
Oh wow! And but like I said, we we don't we never know what God wants to send us to. And I to me, God begins to fulfill His mission by forming a special people, which was Israel, with whom He will have intimate mm-hmm. relationship and through whom He will bless all nations. And yes, and that was His purpose for Moses. He sent Moses on that mission to gather all these people. Someone was disobedient. They didn't want to follow. Oh, you a fool. You don't know what you're talking. You you talking <laughs> about God and all this. We want to keep partying, drinking, and just fornicating. We don't want to go on this until they actually had to see it for what it was when they saw that sea part in the Testament. Yes. So that's what I believe. He just sent you and your husband on this mission, I think, to re- just to restore that chosen nation, to get everybody back together. So it's wonderful, right, though. I'm right. glad, I'm glad, to me, Joni, I'm glad that you and Daryl are safe and sound now that you're back and that you stuck together through all this because a lot of people always want to yes. go the other way. And oh, you didn't actually, give up. actually, yeah. since this, my, my husband has a 10-pound lifting limit at this point, and most likely until he has a glorified body in heaven. So he, he is handicapped from this experience. But since then, the Lord has let us travel to Thailand twice, the Philippines twice, Ghana, Tanzania, India, Myanmar, and Jamaica on mission trips. So it's not derailed us. We still feel God has a purpose in our travels. We we have had amazing meetings. He, he spoke once to 2,000 people in India. It was amazing. And the Lord isn't finished, and he uses us even if we're cracked vessels, but we're still doing what he, what we believe God has for us in sharing the gospel right. around the world. Your story is like the movie Mission Impossible, which I know all of us can remember <laughs> doing, our, doing most of my teenage years, I remember, and that captures my imagination just like your story. It's, it's intriguing. It had all the plots and everything in it. You was anxious just to see it. Now, get into your book. Get into your book. I love the book title with Unwashed Hands. It's, it is intriguing, as we say, like Mission Impossible. How did you come up with that title? Well, as we go on later in the interview and actually share with what the doctor did, he yes, never one time washed his hands. He never one time wore gloves, but yet he mm-hmm. touched my husband's open wounds nearly every day in a dirty hospital, and our room had Lola. black mold in it. And that's what almost took his life the second time. So Just low down. We felt, didn't have a yeah. Care. Didn't have exactly. a care in his body. And I know, I know no. they had to cringe your nerve, but you had to, you had to bite your tongue just in exactly. order to probably just be, Exactly. He would be the man that would be there in my husband's surgery. So absolutely, I had to bite my tongue and pray like I've never prayed before. Yeah, because a lot of people always say, let me snap, but no, that's not always the answer to just go off. I I like the way you did it, Joni. Bite my tongue. I'm going to let you go ahead and get through this. But after that, then we don't have to deal with you anymore. And that's part of life. Just, just yes. do what you do to get over that hump, and then once you get past that, you don't have to look back. Don't go back. Remember what happened, but don't even look back on it. Yes. Um, so what was actually Daryl's condition, and when did you know his condition was, um, was becoming more serious? Well, we, we knew the pain was intense 
but we didn't know the cause. And he was admitted on a Saturday night, and our not-so-friendly doctor said that their their country doesn't do testing on Sundays, which is interesting because it's not a Christian nation. So why they honored Sunday, I have no idea. But okay. he just laid there with pain medicine. Um, and then Monday they did a torturistic CAT scan where now we did tell the doctor my husband had two mild cases of diverticulitis in his past just like where he felt like he had a balloon in his abdomen he had testing done they did ultrasound they did a a colonoscopy and they said you're good we'll see you in 10 years so we didn't feel like he had any health reasons hindering him for overseas but with this raging pain i did tell the doctor he did have two mild bouts of diverticulitis but instead, they they did something you should never, never do when they suspect the colon could be involved. And they put a wand in his rectum and shot so much water, he said over 100 times, please be finished, please be finished, and things of that nature. And that just sent fecal matter throughout his entire abdomen's cavity because he had a ruptured colon. It was the absolute worst thing you could do to a human being. And that was on Monday morning. Monday night, they did orthoscopic surgery, and he could see that his abdomen was filled with pus. He called it the worst case of peritonitis he'd ever seen, and he saw the ruptured colon. And at this point, we're unlearned of what you're supposed to do. So we were at this point still trusting the doctor will do the right thing. And and I will will have to admit that at this point, I had gotten a call from America that I was about to lose one of the dearest people on earth to me. And there was nothing I could do about it. I could not hug her one last time. And I ended up not even being at her funeral. And so... It was like every – I was having to look at Daryl, and I'd have to be in contact with my siblings. It was it was like at one point a nightmare, but then God would reveal himself in such miraculous ways. It was actually encouraging people back in the U.S. that the Lord could be so gracious to us and help us in such a tragic, tragic time. But as Daryl laid there – the doctor not fixing it on Monday night, he let him lay with a ruptured colon that had sent that matter through his entire abdomen. He laid there Tuesday, Tuesday night, and Wednesday, and I watched him turn green. I watched him stop speaking. He had a near-death experience, and he also, um, the, the poisons was pouring out in his breath, and it was... It wasn't like our typical, oh, I ate garlic and I have morning breath. It was a wretched poison from a dying person's abscessing colon. And um, I I knew at this point I really, truly believed I was going to lose him. And so did the gentleman, the two Americans in the room with us in the hospital. They went in the, out into the hallway. I learned this, I think, over a year later that they said, I don't think he's going to make it, and they agreed. We thought, what are we going to do? But when my husband bolted from that quiet, awful, non-talking state and said, whatever it is, take it, take it, I ran to the nurse's station, said he's demanding surgery. The surgeon came in, 
and said, I'm going to call in a colleague, and another doctor came in and saved my husband's life. Mm. Amen for that. Now we mm-hmm. and I mean mm-hmm. you kept your and that's our main that's our main ultimate goal is to keep our faith to be in God and not the doctor because they're just there they're not even really mentioned in the Bible anyhow you got some verses that use like medical treatments such as bandages and Isaiah oil and James or maybe oil and wine and Luke Ezekiel um, talk about the leaves but it don't really talk about like just really physicians or doctors in there because they are they are just who they are they're man god mm-hmm. does all the healing and a disease that you won't cure he does that that's who had helped daryl and that's that's the right. only one i know could have helped daryl the, the doctor right. already was tripping putting your nasty hands on daryl i mean come on like yeah. i said yeah. they're not they're not god and we shouldn't and should not be viewed as such and all they can right. do is sometime help but there will be other times when all they will accomplish is the removal of your money. That's that's about it. To be right. Honest. We we did no. twice in the first country Why? that we don't name in the book because we don't want to get the missionary couple in trouble yes. and have issues. But we call it Eden because it was a a beautiful country, and we just felt oh. like God gave that country beauty, much beauty. Why? But um. Both that in Thailand when we were coming home and he he nearly died in the sleep again from the doctor's dirty hands. We had different men of God anoint him with oil and pray, and I believe that it was a great physician that spared his life. Right. Right. I'm just glad that. So how is Daryl's health now? Well, he looks great. He does have his tummy bulges out because he has some large, large hernias. He has to wear a support band 24-7, and they lowered his lifting limits to 10 pounds, which is very difficult for um, a 50, almost 54-year-old man who has been remarkably healthy his entire life. So, you know. Think of going to the store. He cannot pick up two gallons of milk. He can't. Oh, right. I mean, 10 pounds, we won't even think about a bag of potatoes. That's it. You know, nothing else. And so outside of that, he looks great, and he speaks with more power in, in my experience of hearing him all these years than ever. Right. And I just wanted to say one thing. I'm not giving up. Hope on doctors, not saying don't go, but also don't lose your faith in who we know heals all things, which is God. That's that's basically what I'm saying because doctors or man or whoever, they're just sent here as a resource just for backup. That's all. So I don't want anybody thinking I'm a doctor hater because I, I know I have a, a known doctor in my family just graduated, so I don't want anybody thinking that um, at all. <laughs> so Right, right. When, so, John, at what point do you think Daryl had his near-death experience? It was, I would say, it was the day he had his second surgery that was a life-saving surgery because he was green, he wasn't talking, the smell of the poisons, and, you know, if I talked to him, he could only nod. Even when people were praying for him before his surgery when we knew he'd have the surgery he he couldn't talk he would just nod but 
in that state and laying in quiet when we were so afraid he'd die is when he suddenly and strongly said, pointed to his abdomen and said, whatever it is, take it, just take it. And I'm like going, whoa, you went from not talking to the strong, strong statement, which led to a different doctor coming in and saving his life. I believe with all of my heart that is when it happened. And, of course, with him, he does, He says he can't tell. He doesn't know because all he knows is he was very, very sick, and suddenly he was in a bright realm that had no time and that he felt perfect, perfect peace and love in a in multiple dimensions, like not just like how we have a flutter or of love when we're falling in love or we love our grandbabies or children, but it was love surrounding his body so much it made him feel warm physically on top of inside of his heart. So I believe that is when it happened because he went from one extreme to another and it led to the saving of his life. Right. Now, now, Joni, um, please share the incredible experience on what God did for you on a hospital balcony. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm not saying exactly who um, who I lost um, in my book. Just for those that may want to read it, I I don't want to like totally spoil it. But I was about to lose a very precious person in my life, and I was heartbroken that I couldn't say goodbye and and my husband was getting sicker and sicker and so here we are in a third world country in the hospital and we're on the ninth floor and they had a little balcony off of our room and I went out there and I asked God to make himself real to me I said I want to know that you see where we are know what we're going through and that you're with us and I asked him for that sign and shortly after, a bright yellow birdie flew by, well, bird. But my husband used to call me Yellow Birdie, and I kind of chuckled, and I said, oh, that's good, oh. God, but that's not it. I need something okay. bigger. And then another bird flew by with a bright red head, and I kind of chuckled again because I'm a avid 49er fan, and so red is one of my very favorite <laughs> colors. And I chuckled right. again, and I said, that's good, God, but that's still not it. So I'm canvassing the sky knowing that I am in a big situation and I need a big sign. And suddenly I see a crow, a simple black crow, start to fly up towards the hospital. And I'm thinking, surely that's not it. So I look again across the sky. I'm looking for this big sign. And the crow is continuing to fly towards me on the ninth floor. And I need to stress here, he did not fly to the tenth floor and he did not fly to the eighth floor. He was flying right at me. So I fixed my eyes on this bird going, what is going on? And as he gets close to me, he turns to go to the next balcony, and in his beak, I could clearly see he had a French fry, which is my number one comfort food. And it's like God says, okay, okay, fine. Somebody in that country will be sad they missed that French fry, but you needed it more. And I wept that God would make himself so intimately real to me to bring me my number one comfort food by one of his creatures. Wow. It's just, it is. It's amazing. It's the only creature God made who takes flight. Birds have really inspired human beings throughout history with their ability to rise above the earth. So it's just amazing that we, 
mm-hmm. that these signs come through these animals and you know, birds and angels, they share that special bond as, as well since both symbolize the beauty of spiritual growth and angels sometimes even choose to appear with wings like birds. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Right. That's amazing. Went through all that. <laughs> that message just for you. God wanted that bird to come right to you. Deliver yes, that spiritual message. That's wow. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> he sent his angel in the form of a bird. That's why I tell people, you never know where your message might come from. You just don't always turn the other cheek. Sometimes your message could come from someone who looks homeless. You don't know. That's right. But trust, trust and believe me, you know, God going to knock He only so long, John. We, I think you and I both know that. He only going to knock for so long. He's not going to keep knocking all day. It's up for us to answer I, I, I actually wonder, I don't know, I'm just speculating, that I may have met an angel on the way to taking him to surgery. We mm-hmm. were, actually, we were going to a, get another CAT scan before the life-saving surgery. And I'll tell you right. what happened. We went into oh. this hospital room, uh, elevator, and it's crowded. My husband's on a gurney, and I'm with him. And they stop at a floor, and a lady walked in. And she asked me, what are you doing here? And I thought, and what's what's going on? And I thought, well, that's kind of forward, but I'll ask her. And she did speak English because the language, they normally speak two other languages that we don't speak. And I answered her, and I said, well, my husband's colon ruptured, and we're getting ready to have surgery and have a colostomy. And this is what she said before getting off on the next floor. Oh, my son had that same surgery. He did fine. Your husband will be just fine. And got off on the very next floor. And I'm mm. thinking, really? So how many children really have a colon rupture and have a colostomy, and in this one-minute conversation getting on one floor and out the other to tell me that my husband's going to be just fine? I just wow. and I felt such overcome with peace at the the elevator, I just went, are you kidding me? What are the chances to have a one-minute conversation between two floors that she would ask and it would be her son unless it was just an angel trying to tell me your husband will be fine? Isn't that amazing? It, it is. It is. That's why I say he's sending send them little messages, messages to us in all types of ways. We just... Yes. Have to have our ears open. We we don't know, and that's what he did. He brought that bird to you. He brought that person to you. That messenger of power, that messenger of transformation. Oh, Joni, this this is this is very spiritual and motivating. This is this is exciting to me. I love I love this. Um, mm. now I I also I heard that the newspaper headlines made the doctor even more upset. Um, explain that to us, Joni. I'd be happy to. Well, the doctor at this point was often putting down America for different reasons. He would put down our health care. He just was talking down America. And he was very, um, even when my husband was dying before our eyes, he would cross his hands and he would walk very very slow with a slow stagger and he was feigning care we since later learned what what you're supposed to do when there's a ruptured colon it was only because i wrote the book now as my husband was turning green and practically at heaven's doorstep we had somebody send us a link saying Get your husband on an air ambulance now and out of that country. Well, at that point, 
he would have died. And the good doctor that came in and saved my husband's life said, had you tried to leave and do that, he would have died before he ever gotten on the plane. To take away what weak antibiotics he was getting and the pain medicine, which was would have been uncontrollable without the morphine, he would have died before he got on the plane. Well, the doctor was already treating him so poorly, but what happened is there was on the front page of the newspaper in big, bold letters, as if in America we'd say, oh, the war is over, or, or so-and-so won the World Series, that type of big, bold headline, it said, U.S. jets invade our airspace. And it covered the whole half of the paper, big, bold letters. Well, we had stopped reading the newspapers because it was very depressing. There was a dengue fever outbreak, and people were dying everywhere. And they were also kidnapping foreigners for ransom. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm blonde. I really stand out. I'm not getting any walks because I'm not going to be taken or killed by a mosquito. So I'm staying in my husband's room and not going anywhere. But we decided to stop reading the newspaper because it was depressing. Well, we failed to see the headlines. Well, the doctor came in and he saw it. And he didn't just see it. He leaned over with his arms crossed and stared at it for a ridiculous amount of time. And then I'm going... I'm like going, what, are you, what is he staring at? And I lean over and right. I read the newspaper and I'm like, oh, no. And then no. After, after staring, he shifts his weight to his other leg, arms still crossed, and he sighs a sigh going, <sighs> as he looks at Daryl. And it's almost as Uh-oh. if you could hear his thoughts. U.S. Jet, U.S. Major, U.S. Jet, right. U.S. Major. You are one of the same. You are the enemy. And then that's when things went downhill as far as him touching him and as far as letting something that's rather graphic. And we've only shared it one time on the radio because it's it's pretty graphic. And the person asked us to, but something graphic happened to my husband, which I believe is another form of torture. It was. He was relishing the abuse that was happening to my husband's body. But um, it was just tragic, actually. So, yeah, the newspaper incensed. And then then he didn't even get all the facts. His own assumptions. Okay, I see this paper. I see you. I'm connecting those two, so now I don't want to take care of you, which was totally ignorant. Exactly. It it really doesn't surprise me, Joni, because we know that's how most people work. I know most people be like, oh, that's – no, it's not. No, it's not. It's the, it's it's just the way some people are. We we yes. even do that in America. We make our own yes. assumptions and we go off of that. So and I'm, we're I'm so sorry that that already had to happen like that, Joni. That was yeah. Please excuse the beeps if you hear it on the phone. I'm very sorry. Oh, oh that's okay, Joni. I got a couple of beeps through my phone. <laughs> it just amazed me though. Look like when you when you busy, that's when everybody want to call. Now when you stand down, yes. relaxing. Nobody called. I don't know why that happened. (laughs) Exactly. Well, this is the first time in all of our interviews that I've had three people call in 35 minutes. Unbelievable. (laughs) I apologize. (laughs) They want her time now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As if that wasn't enough for you. I hear you have died on your way home, and God had your survival planned out months before. 
Yes, we were celebrating that we were finally coming home. My husband had a second surgery, and he um, they actually showed me his entire sigmate colon laying on a tray. It was just deformed and grotesque and abscessed and had black around the hole. And, you know, I knew why he was dying is because he was dying. And so um, he had now a colostomy, and he had to get a little stronger before he could fly home. So the doctor, after he got his staples out, he we were to fly to Thailand for five days, get up enough strength to take the long flight over the ocean. And when we got to Thailand, he was on oral antibiotics, and we um, went to a Thai church, the one we were supposed to be ministering, and Daryl actually preached that night, and he preached a really good message. So when we got home we um, to the hotel, my husband, we got a bite to eat, and my husband went in bed. I call them Lucy and Ricky beds. They had two twin beds. So Daryl went to okay. bed, and I always made it a point to never disturb my husband when he was resting because he needed to get his strength. But, again, the Lord had me with him, number one. He's on all of his mission trips overseas. He has always roomed with men and different missionaries and pastors. Well, now I'm with him. And I had a phone, and I made a phone call to America to a little PA, um, physician's assistant, to let her know what happened and to start the referral process. When we got home, Daryl needed to have another surgery to reverse his colostomy. Well, Daryl's in bed for the evening. His eyes are closed and resting, and I interrupted him. Again, breaking my rule, but God knows. I said, honey, while I have her on the phone, can I look at your incision? And he groggily pulled down the covers and lifted up his shirt. And I stared in just shock, a big two to three inch red-brown circle over his incision, just a big circle, dark circle. And I touched it, and it was warm to the touch. And I'm like going, what is this? And my little PA said, calmly to hang up, call our American, call our hosts in Thailand and take us into the nearest international hospital, which was 35 minutes away. And so I, uh, we did that. And when we got to the hospital, they immediately hooked him up to antibiotics, broad spectrum this time. The doctor in Thailand said he didn't have that in the first country, which just blew my mind. And then um, they when they investigated, they saw that the internal infection from the doctor touching his wounds was burning a hole the size of a quarter in the stomach sheath lining. So he had to have a third surgery in a third world country, which required a month-long stay for medical reasons because it was so intense. They had to pull his tummy in tight to hold, mm. hold that hole being sewn together. But I believe with all of my heart that had I not been there, no man would have looked at his boo-boo because he was cleared to leave and he was taking oral antibiotics. He was in bed for the night. I believe that burning hole would have gotten so big he would have just woke up in heaven. I believe that with all of my heart. And I'm so thankful that the Lord prompted me to go and that I did go. Right, I am too. Boy, I tell you, you went through the trials and the tribulation. Nobody can actually imagine that. I, I mean, I, I can sympathize 
totally, but you can't even put your mind to imagine that Ashley go through that. Right. A number was, of our friends think this could become a, a movie, a true life movie someday. And I'm thinking, why? I'm thinking so. I'm really thinking so. But, yeah. It, you you kind of sort of kind of put it towards the movie. It's a wonderful life. Yes. Um, I, uh, if you've seen that movie, you know at that one scene when um, George was depressed and thinking he wanted to take his life, and they kept playing all these people praying for George Bailey. You know, please, Father, be with George. You know, and so many people were praying that God heard that and sent him Clarence the Angel. Remember? Right. Did you ever see that I movie? Do. Okay. Okay. So, but in our case, people were putting out the prayer requests between Daryl's medical and my horrendous loss and what I was missing. People were praying for me, and what they were doing was sending out prayer requests to other churches they know. And I kid you not, we heard from churches that didn't know us that literally got together just to pray for us. And people were praying in multiple countries because, you know, Daryl had been to 20 countries. So all these people were getting emails from our friends. And, of course, I was sending out emails when I could get on email telling what was happening. So with all these prayers, God said, oh, Daryl Bolton, huh? Time for me to do a miracle. Because we had medical doctors and nurses tell us time and time again, medically speaking, he should not be alive. And so God answered all those prayers with a miracle. I'll tell you what, too, really quick, Technisha, is yes, ma'am. The, the first doctor that was waiting for Daryl to die and he never died, when we were getting ready to leave that first country, he came in the mm-hmm. room and he looked up and down Daryl's body. He's sitting in a wheelchair. Well, the first time he was laying on the bed, he says, okay, I need to ask you something. What kind of training did the military do for you because your body and he's looking up and down Daryl's body at this point your body I don't understand it it's as if you're Superman and we're like we didn't understand at that point because again we didn't know that when a colon is ruptured you go in and you fix it immediately before parentonitis sets in and so we didn't know at this point that God did miracles for us until I was writing the book, and then it became extremely emotional, and we were able to thank God for doing what he did. But, and we said, oh, no, no special training, and he left. Well, he came back. Okay, I need to ask, what kind of exercise regime do you do? Like your body, he ended up coming back asking about vitamins, and he ended up calling him Superman, or that his body reminded him of Superman four different times. Because medically speaking, he knows he should have expired while he was pretending care. He had the sweet little nurses coming in um, quite often, actually, taking blood, taking temperature, and blood pressure. The problem is he was getting worse. His fever continued to spike in an upwell, but he was doing nothing about it. He was feigning care. He should have died, and he would have said, aha, I got one of the infidels. But... God chose to keep him alive, and it even confused the doctor himself. See, God wasn't ready for Daryl to leave this That's world. Right. Now, That's now right. that we're talking about the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, it, I think this was towards the end when um, Harry, he arrives to support his brother, and he toasts George as the richest man in town. And then in the power donated funds, George finds a copy of The Ventures of Tom Sawyer. I think it was inscribed, 
Dear George, something like that. Remember, man, it's a failure who has friends. Um, and I was thinking about Daryl. See, Daryl had all them friends. He had all yes. the support. And that yes. bird came with wings. So so it wasn't his time. And and then at the end, a bell on the Christmas tree rings, and his daughter mm-hmm. remembers aloud that it means that Angel has just earned his wings. And that George, which is Daryl, realized that he truly has a wonderful life. See, yeah. it does. It does remind yeah. you of that movie. It sure does when you yeah. think about it. Yes, it does. Yeah, if it nobody, exactly. If nobody has seen that movie, please. It's um the one I remember watching was in black and white. I don't think they ever made yeah. a, a Jimmy Stewart. A new yes. Yeah. Okay, because I know excellent movie. It is. Um, it's it's wonderful. If you haven't seen it, please do. It's wonderful. What we're going to do, we're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to be back with the Joni. And if you feel like calling in, do so at 347-426-3751 because this is an emotional, inspiring moment. It's it's not even left for tears, really, but it's enough to get you excited, and you have to get the book. You do. It's It's a must on your bookshelf. So just stay tuned in and don't touch that dial. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. I'm one out of every four children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. I'm lucky to grow up where I could be whatever I want. I want to grow up and be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. Please visit feedingamerica.org today to find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for kids like me. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Getting your child home safely. Cast your views together three times. Is just a click away. There is no place like home. But making sure your child is in the right seat is just one of the steps down the road to safer travel. I don't know how it works. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. There's no better way to get home safely. Know for sure that your child is in the right seat. How can I ever thank you enough? Get all the facts at safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, we're back on the air with Joni, who has a wonderful, inspiring, in-depth book called With Unwashed Hands. As we said before, it's intriguing. It's it's really graphic. You just have to get it because we cannot put too much out on the air for you. That would be cheating itself. <laughs> so you just have to go out and get it. And I hope you do that today or, or whenever, please. Now, Joni, what message do you want readers to grab? Okay, well, one is that no matter what your circumstances are, that there's always hope, that you could turn to the creator of the heavens and the earth and ask him to help you. He's mighty, he hears prayers, and he still to this day will answer with miracles if he allows. And I know that um, I've had, you know, there's a very emotional part of my story that I'm really trying not to talk much about because I'd hate to spoil it, but so many people have cried. I've had grown men say, that was tough. That was really tough to read. I have to tell you, I'm a man and it was tough. Um, But it's how, what God did for me 
hitting me with a wave of grace that, that I could feel. It was unbelievable that I could stand up, wipe my tears, and be strong and help take care of my husband because that's what I needed to do. It was not um, the time for me to fall apart. I never did fall apart. The Lord sustained me. He became my rock, my strength, my shield. He, he was everything and gave me the strength to be able to smile in the worst adversity I've ever felt. And what happened with that is people in the hospital knew what was happening and they knew my loss was about to come because I needed to go to the nurse's station and ask for the hospital's phone number, direct phone number, in case my family needed to call me. And they hardly spoke English. And this crowd gathered because I kept saying, do you speak English? And there was this little blonde lady who apparently had been crying, obviously. And I said, I need somebody right away that speaks English. And the crowd got so big that when I finally talked to a lady that could, trans- that could speak English, I'm sure when I walked away with the phone number, she told them all what was happening. And they started peeking in my room. And they would watch me, and the Lord gave me enough strength to smile at them and let them know I'll be okay. Well, then they started to ask for the gospel tracts in their languages. We had three different languages laying out, and they were asking for them. They'd come in just to point to their language, and I'd nod my head yes. And I was able to to lead six people that spoke English to the Lord at the foot of Daryl's bed, how they could know 100% sure that they're going to heaven one day. And it was wonderful to see the Lord keep us on a mission trip despite still being in the hospital. It was wonderful. Oh, I know it is. And it's, uh, it's, it's meaningful when you have when you have that relationship with God, which he can give us that, in, that inner energy and strength that can sustain us. And sometimes, you know, we get our physical walk on, we work out and everything, but it's nothing like a workout when you engage in that spiritual exercise, like reading the Bible daily and abiding God's presence. All that can just really help you tap into that special power that God could provide. Um, and I think this week's scripture today on the show should be um, – should be from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31, when he, God, gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. But those who wait mm-hmm. on the Lord shall renew their strength. So mm-hmm. he, he works so many miracles. And you strong every day, Joan, and you still going. Amen. Sure we're getting ready. My husband's getting ready to go to Bolivia, Brazil. Then we're going right. to um, um, a little island off of South America called Cur- carousel and then we'll be going back to the philippines in february so we're very excited very excited oh i know you are you been have you been <laughs> keeping up with the game too as much the world oh, um oh the soccer Oh, yes, I, I heard you talk in the beginning. Yeah, my uh, sister, actually, and her husband, they've been to multiple World Cups, and they had planned to be in Brazil right now, but um, something happened, and they, they didn't make, um, I don't know, I don't understand it so much, but they weren't, they didn't win the chance to buy those tickets. I don't understand how oh. it works, but they've been oh, okay. to... Many. They've been to Johannesburg to see it when it was in South Africa. They've been to Italy. I think it was in Italy. Anyhow, they've been to multiple um, World Cups, and so this uh, this year they missed. 
So um, I'm oh. kind of keeping an eye on. I think we're playing Ghana today, right? I, I think I think we do play Ghana today. I try to keep up. I do. I be trying to keep up with it because there's so much going on. <laughs> I, I, I'm like you, Jody. I don't understand soccer as much, but it does get you. It, it gets you in tune into it. There's so many people around the country are, are really into this game that people just right. they kick the ball. You know, most people I hang around basketball and football fans, not too many soccer fans. I get a mm-hmm, few right. soccer people. Yeah, but I th- I think they are playing them today. Yeah, I, I, I cut, no, it caught my eye because we've been to Ghana before, and it's like, ooh, right. well, of course I want the U.S. to win, but I'll be happy for Ghanaian friends. <laughs> yes, you're right, Joni, they are. Um, it's Ghana and United States, and it'll be at 6 o'clock p.m. Um, Eastern for here or wherever everyone is at. It will be at 6 o'clock tonight, so this this should be exciting. Hopefully one day mm-hmm. they'll end up bringing um, and it will be, be on ESPN, and it's going to be on ESPN, so everybody just stay tuned. I might listen to it since I'm off, I can watch it better. Um, Joan, during, during your struggle, what other source of emotional support did you receive? Oh, it's who I dedicated my book to, besides the Lord, our great physician, and our sweet little PA that had she not been so compassionate and kind to our family, I wouldn't have called anybody overseas. But the third person or persons I dedicated the book to were our Facebook friends, because sometimes my email didn't work in that country, but I could always log on Facebook. So when there were times of critical, dire need for prayer, my Facebook friends would, the whole thing, entire story played out. And so they were, they would write prayers, they would write verses, they would tell me that they're sending it to their former churches where they've lived in different places. People were waking up in the middle of the night. I kid you not, the Holy Spirit would wake up some of my friends when everything first broke. Because we were halfway around the world, it was a 12-hour time difference. And so the Holy Spirit would wake up my friends and say, go check your computer. And they're like, what in the world? And they would see what was going on. And many of my friends lost many days of sleep because every couple hours – There was a new twist. Daryl either got worse or they found out about my family. Or I would have to go on Facebook and say, who can wake up my children? They need to make, they need to call me. I have some heartbreaking news to share. And it was unbelievable. They were, they were such a good support group. They prayed for me. They loved on us. They, 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 it was unbelievable. They were unbelievable. See, that's all it takes. It just, and we have to go. It takes a whole village to. Yeah. We always say can, can, but it takes a village just to keep you strong too. And I'm glad you had that support. Yeah. Did not give yes. up on you. Amen exactly. for that, Joni. I I well, would like to share one more story. I'm glad you chose oh, an hour. Okay, how no, technology how technology brought us a modern day good samaritan 20th century good samaritan at this point okay. we're in we're in thailand and it's yes. late at night daryl was admitted at 12 o'clock around midnight well 
that was Wednesday night. And so by the time I got back from the hospital and was walking into the hotel room, it was 3 in the morning. And I thought to myself, oh, no, it's 3 in the afternoon on Wednesday. All of my Christian Facebook friends and family, they're going to go to church with a praise report. Mind you, we've already been overseas a month. They're going to say, hooray, they're finally coming home. I said, but we're not. My husband's in the hospital. So I sat down at the lobby computer to say, please pray. Daryl's back in the hospital. It looks like infection. And then um, I said, please pray for me because I wasn't feeling well. Well, I had no idea at that moment. I had some sort of infection. They never determined the cause, but I woke up with 104 fever and body aches. It took two hours to get help at the hospital, and I was admitted the next day in the morning Daryl and I were sharing a hospital room, two lonely Americans with their dueling IVs trying to get better. Well, what happened is my daughter-in-law saw the Facebook post. She went to church and brought that prayer request, wrote it down, and handed it to an usher. An usher gave it to her pastor. Her pastor gave the announcement to pray for Daryl Bolton. He's back in the hospital in Thailand. It just so happens that church is big enough to have live streaming. It just so happened that somebody that Daryl had been on a mission trip with got up at 6 in the morning to watch it. It just so happened that that man said, I know Daryl Bolton, and I'm in Bangkok, Thailand. And within a couple of hours, he walked into our hospital room and became our good Samaritan, taking care of us for the next 30 days. Unbelievable. It Unbelievable. is. It is, but it, it can happen. People out there, <laughs> I think anyone who believes in knows they have seen these miracles happen, so we know this is obviously true. Now, John... Because I, I know that we only had an hour. Um, <laughs> so what are what are your upcoming projects for this year besides just going to Brazil? Are we doing any more books coming out? Um, I'm contemplating on one. Um, I've been requested by a number of people. I experienced the most traumatic thing a woman could experience as a teenager, and some ladies have been asking for me to consider writing a book of how to get help after something so traumatic, and uh, just that I'm not sure. There would be a very difficult um, book to write to relive such a nightmare, Um, but I'm I'm seeking the Lord's guidance on that. That would be difficult, but I'm I'm seeing if, if that is... The, what the Lord has. And then, of course, um, you know, we're praying about that. And then, of right, course, going on multiple do. mission trips and then um, to get our story out now that it's in print. We had to actually make a revision, and we just got them last week because Daryl expounded a little on his near-death experience. And we felt it was too beautiful to not have in the book. So we pulled it down, made some changes, and we're, um, it's back up on Amazon and on our book's website with unwashedhands.com. So we're just keeping busy serving the Lord. I know that's right. That's all you can do is just stay prayed up and keep your vision positive and keep all the negative out of it. Joni, tell the guests what it can purchase your book from. Okay. Well, the book has a website. It's called With 
unwashedhands.com. Yes, and on that, you can see a lot of pictures, uh, colored pictures, that will, if you've read the story, you'll understand what a lot of them are. And there's two videos. They're very sweet. Actually, the videos are fun. And you'll have links if you are Kindle, Nook, or iBookshelf reader. You can get the book from there. There's a link to Amazon, and there's you could also get a signed copy through our website if that's not what you wish. And then, of course, if you're Amazon Prime, you could go directly to Amazon as well. But the book's website does have some nice pictures, and um, so that's kind of interesting. Well, Jonah, I thank you so much for coming on to my show and, and sharing your meaningful and personal relationship that you have with God through your trials and your tribulation. I'm glad to see you and Daryl making it through, still making the comeback strong as ever, and I hope that, again, I can have you guys come back on the show whenever you probably do another book or whatever news come out about the Inspire Us, because this is motivating. I'm glad that you thought so, and we we enjoyed being on your show very, very much. Well, thank you, Joan, and you and Daryl have a blessed one. You too. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everyone, I have had an awesome day. I hope you have had an awesome day. Please go out and purchase the book, The Unwashed Hands. It's very, like I said, it's motivating. It will open up your eyesight so much, and if you feel this is where you will get your strength as well as getting it from God. Um, you can just curl up on the couch. It will make you drop to your knees. This should make anyone spend some one-on-one time with God. So today, I'm asking you, open up your Bible. Read some of the scriptures about God and and him. And do tell them. And, and tell me on my Facebook fan, Bright Side with Technicia. And if he doesn't bring you more inner strength, then I don't know who will. But go out and have an awesome day today. And God bless you for tuning in to the Bright Side with Technicia. Tomorrow I will see you at noon because you never know. We, we never know what to expect when it comes to most guests. Sometimes we all go through something. But I hopefully I will see you tomorrow and you stay prosperous today. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.